Well, good morning, Soul Sanctuary. We are so excited to be celebrating and hanging out with you all this morning. How good were those cookies? Anybody? No, cookies? no one liked the cookies. I love the cookies. It smelled like butter and love in here when I walked in this morning. I was like, there is nothing better than brown sugar and butter on a Sunday morning. Come on now. Uh, my name is Jordan, and I work with the high school students here at Soul Sanctuary. So specifically, our grade 9, 10, 11, and 12 students. And uh, I've been doing that for the last two years, and it's an absolute blessing. Totally. And my name is Lauren. And apart from being married to that guy, I also work on the wildlife youth team. And I get to spend my Fridays with this incredible group of students. And it's amazing. Before we go anywhere, we're just going to kick off in prayer. So, Father, we thank you. Thank you for every single person in this room, Lord Jesus, that you love them, that you care about them just exactly where they're at, Lord, that you know the depths of their heart. And this morning, Lord, we just ask uh, for your Holy Spirit to lead us, to guide us, to convict us, and to show us your love in your name. Amen. So we are excited that you decided to join us here at Soul Sanctuary this morning. We truly believe, truly believe from the bottom of our heart that you're actually sitting here for a reason. Uh, we believe that God has a plan for your life and that a part of that plan actually uh, contains the fact that you're in this building. And our youth ministry, Wildlife Youth, which Lauren and I are a part of, and there's a, a handful of other leaders that are, are making things happen here this morning, as well as students, of course. Uh, but we've been journeying through a series uh, on Friday nights at Wildlife Youth uh, over the course of the last six weeks or so. And we've called this series Best Night of the Week. Because let's be real, think back to when you were in high school. The best night of the week was always Friday night, because you knew that when that bell went at 3.30 on Friday, you left, and there was feelings of joy and liberation as you walked from the confines of school into your weekend. And we truly believe at Wildlife Youth that Friday is the best night of the week. So what we've done is uh, over the last six weeks, we, we broke down our five core values, and we said, these are the five core values and guiding principles at Wildlife Youth. And we walked through them one at a time each week and then summarized on our sixth week. And we just taught our students about what it means uh, to live a wildlife, to be at Wildlife Youth, and truly to celebrate the best night of the week. Totally. And if you haven't heard yet already, this Sunday is Youth Takeover Sunday, where our Wildlife Youth crew has taken over the gathering from worship. Can we give it up one more time for those guys? Because they were amazing. They were so good. Come on now. Come on now. Like jamming out in the front. They were, they were awesome. So from the worship team to the delicious cookies you enjoyed, when we walked in the doors at 7.30 a.m., there was like 20 high school students. I'm like, what group of students wakes up at 7.30 a.m. on a Sunday? But they were there making you cookies. To the ones giving you high fives when you walk through the doors, to the ones in the parking lots, our students in this church value the importance of service and are active this morning. And today is the best day of the week. Sundays are the best day of the week. And here at Soul Sanctuary, we look forward to Sundays and seeing the community that is present here. And the best night of the week might have already been claimed by our high school students, but we're going to claim the best day of the week as Sundays here. And we hope to begin the process of debunking the idea that going to church on a Sunday is irrelevant, unnecessary, and a chore. And this morning, we want to encourage you that Sunday is the best day of the week. And despite the fact we live in a culture of isolation, we get to walk into this place. We truly get to be known for who we are. 
loved and accepted and embraced by our community. And we are reminded that we are loved and accepted and embraced by our God. And if you didn't get it yet, Sunday is the best day of the... Okay, all right. This is how we work with our high school students, all right? So you're going to have to give us a little feedback. We like talking with them. We participate. So Sunday is the best day of the... Absolutely. And this morning, we are going to take you on a journey through the scriptures together. We're going to look at the Bible, and we're going to look at the why behind each and every one of our five core values at Wildlife Youth. And we are going to draw a parallel to why or to how Friday night's the best night of the week. Sunday morning is going to be the best day of the week. We'll take our five guiding principles, and going through Scripture, we're going to see how they don't just apply to high school students on a Friday night, but they actually apply to you, no matter where you are in life, no matter where you come from, that these five core values apply to your life right here and right now. So whether you are a high school student, right up in the front row or cleaning up in the back, Uh, whether you are a young parent, whether you are um, a not-so-young parent, wherever you find yourself on the spectrum of life, we welcome you and we are excited to journey with you this morning. Absolutely. So our first core value that we want to walk through is that you can't do life alone. We were all created as social beings. It doesn't matter if you say, oh, Lauren, I'm an introvert or you're an extrovert. You still need people in your life. Everyone needs their people, their crew, their squad, and their community. And we all have people. Even if you out there think, I don't have people, you do. And we're going to walk through a little example. So I want you to loosen up a little bit. And I'm going to ask for some audience participation. And it's okay if you raise your hands. No one's going to judge you. This is a great community to do this in. So the first thing, if you like sports and you don't care who knows, raise your hand. Come on now. Where are the sports people at? Toronto Maple Leafs? Anybody? Hey? Hey? There's nothing that you can say to me that I have never heard about a Toronto Maple Leafs joke, all right? Nothing. (laughs) So sportsy people, these are your people. All the people in the house who love music, raise your hands. Musicians, where you at? Whether you play, whether you sing, whether you listen, these are your people. If you love to fish or hunt or find yourself spending most of your spare time in Cabela's or find that your clothing includes some form of camouflage, put your hand up. There's there's some of you out there. These are your people. If you love Starbucks. Come on now. Where are my Starbucks people at? I'm one of them. Starbucks people. All my Starbucks lovers, look around. There's some hands up here. It's okay. We totally have an addiction to caffeine and the finer things in life, but we still love and accept each other. These are your people. And lastly, if you are at Soul Sanctuary today, raise your hand. Come on. Come on now. I better see all hands raised out there. All right. All right. Whether this is your first Sunday here or you've been coming for since day one, I want you to know that the community of Soul Sanctuary is your people. No matter what you thought when you walked in here, the truth is that all of you have people. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, these are my people. These are my people. (laughs) At Soul Sanctuary, we want this community to be your home. And our home is warm and welcoming. Our home holds the people closest to us and is an environment of acceptance. Our home is a place of forgiveness and reconciliation. And even when people hurt you or cause conflict, we work through it as Christ desires the church to. And lastly, our home is a place of love and we love you. In this home, we desire to be like an adoptive family. 
We want you to keep bringing people in because the truth is, is that everyone belongs here. Everyone deserves to have a community that loves and accepts them. And at Soul Sanctuary, we believe that this community is for everyone. In Acts chapter 2, Luke gives us insight in regards to the early church and its people. After Jesus died and rose again and ascended into heaven, we have his disciples who are hanging out together, sharing Jesus' message of love and grace. And the Bible tells us how they lived. So you can either open your Bibles to Acts 2, 42 to 47, or you can follow along on the screens. And it says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done, being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and, in all thing, and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing them proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. We can take this scripture and break it down into three simple truths. First truth, you belong here. You belong at Soul Sanctuary. Doesn't matter if you cheer for the Toronto Maple Leafs, slay the trombone, think camo should be its own color, or need that Frappuccino fix daily. We love you, and you are a part of Soul Sanctuary community, and we don't want it any other way. Truth number two, you are loved by us. Our staff and steering committee meet regularly to pray for you and our community. They love you. We have prayer teams stationed at the cross during one point of the gathering, and they are there to walk through life's highs and lows and pray and support you. They love you. We have teams of volunteers whose jobs are to serve you during Sunday morning gatherings. From coffee to a friendly smile to pouring into your kids, all of our volunteers love you. And our community as a whole here at Soul Sanctuary loves you. Because in this home, we love. And we here at Soul Sanctuary love you. When you commit to making this place your home, you're going to find an incredible sense of fulfillment in your life. You're going to wonder why you're happier. You're going to notice that you're filled with more love. You're going to feel incredibly excited for every Sunday morning. Why? Because you found your people, your community, your home. We here at Soul Sanctuary are going to support you and champion you. We're going to walk through life with you, cherish for you, pray for you love you, and we're going to do everything within our power to make sure that this is a place you're proud to call home and a place you're proud to welcome your friends and family into. Third and final truth, and this is the most important one, you're loved by God. Maybe your image of God has been a mean guy who's brought down wrath on this world or a guy who really doesn't care what happens to humans. And I'm here to tell you that the very nature of our God is love. He loves you so much, and he desires a relationship with you. He won't force you into loving him back, but he's going to give you every opportunity to connect with him. You may think that God can't love you, but that's not true. His love is the realest form of love. His love will lead and guide you into an incredible future. His love will never let you down. He doesn't put restrictions on you, but he gives you an invitation to forsake yourself to follow him. In doing so, opening you up to a whole new world of opportunities. See, the prerequisite for belonging to God is you've got to be a really good sinner. And I've been there, have you? But the good news is that God is a better savior than you are a sinner. 
oh, preach that. The good news is that God is a better Savior than you are a sinner. And this leads directly into our second core value that we teach at Wildlife Youth, which is growing people change. And here at Soul Sanctuary, we believe that growing people change. And track with me for a second on this one. Uh, When I first started in youth ministry, I worked with junior high students. Now, I don't know if you know anything about junior high students, but allow me to to give you some insight. Uh, First of all, I know the junior high students are in this room, so I'll choose my words very carefully. Parents laugh, exactly. Uh, There's something that happens when you you hit that junior high stage. Um, The most noticeable thing is the scent. Now, parents, you have those conversations with your students as they grow up uh, about wearing deodorant and things like that. Uh, but I can vividly remember 50 junior high kids packed into the, the Crane School gym, uh, and it just stunk. There's nowhere that you could go that just didn't stink, terrible. all right? Um, we love them, we accept them, we give them high fives and hugs, but they stunk. But here's the thing about a junior high student is that they don't stink forever, right? Because at some point, they realize that something's going on. Maybe they need a, like a loving parent or a youth leader to speak into their life. And, and then you, you realize this turn. And this turn happens usually around grade nine, uh, where they show up to, to youth for the first time, and they realize that it's no longer cool to wear rubber boots and sweatpants, right? And that, and that it's like this, it switches. They, they hit high school and our, our society's uh, construct of high school, how it works, it's like, yeah, 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 you can't wear your rubber boots anymore. And you also can't stink anymore. Like somebody's going to say something, right? And I've seen this evolution of students from junior high to senior high literally play out hundreds of times right before me. And I can look at a lot of these students in the front row and be like, I knew what you were in grade eight, because that's truth. But here's the fact. And we believe this truth is that growing people change. A, a junior high student, they're going to go through Young Life. They're going to hit grade eight. Andrew and his team is going to have this big grade eight grad celebration for them. Then that summer, they're going to start showing up to wildlife. And then four years later, they're going to graduate from wildlife. And they're going to go into uh, less structured young adult uh, life groups. And then after young adult life groups, maybe they're going to go to school and maybe they're going to have kids or get married or, or something down the line. And then they're eventually going to have grandkids. And, and the point is is that through that process, they've grown and they've changed. It's an inevitable reality of life. And it has to apply, the principle has to apply to our relationship with Jesus. We all grow, we all change, and in our relationship with Jesus, if we are not growing and if we are not changing, then we are in trouble. And let me break it down for you from what the scripture tells us. We, we look to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away, and behold, new things have come. We can go to Philippians 3, 13 to 14. It says, I do not regard myself having laid hold of it yet, but the one thing that I do, I forget what lies behind me, and I reach forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. In the life of a Christ follower, if you're like, yeah, you know what, I I am a Christian. I follow Jesus. In the life of a Christ follower, there has to be change. We move deeper into relationship with Jesus on a daily basis. I tell the high school students, in the same way that just because I got 
a ring on my finger and, and manage to snag my wife, get her off the market and marry her. It doesn't mean that we stop growing deeper in relationship. This is a every single day process. And in the same way, our relationship with Jesus is a, a process where we go deeper and we get to know him more and he knows us more. And we open our heart to where he's leading us and where he is guiding us. And, and the simple way that we make that really, really accessible is we ask the question, what is your next step? And to answer this question, you need to do some, like, some self-introspection here, right? What is my next step? At Wildlife, we break down next steps into, into a handful of um, tangible steps. There's no order to them, uh, but there is a logical flow, and I'm going to invite you in on them here. The first step is simply accepting Jesus. To, to grow deeper in your relationship with Jesus, you have to say yes to him at some point. You have to say, yes, I surrender my will, God, for your will. Yes, I want more of what you have for me. And if you haven't accepted Jesus, this is my encouragement for you. You can talk to our high school students who have met Jesus. You can talk to other people in this community who have met Jesus. And they all have a before Jesus and an after Jesus story. Before Jesus, I was void of purpose. That's my story. Before I had Jesus in my life, I didn't know what I was doing with my life. And when I met Jesus, it was a process, but a slow refining of understanding that it's not what I want for my life. It's what he wants for my life. And he has led me to the place where I am right here today. So the, the first step is to accept Jesus. The next one is something that no matter where you are, uh, this is a step that you can take. It's building upon your currently existing relationship with Jesus. Building that relationship. Getting into daily practices, spiritual disciplines like reading your Bible, studying it, praying, things like this that draw you closer to him. Another one is baptism. We tell our students it's really simple. When we read the scriptures, the, the prerequisite for baptism is twofold. Do you love Jesus? And you, do you desire to follow him for the rest of your life? If so, let's get you baptized. And I, and I encourage every single person in this room, if that's you, come talk to one of us pastors. Fill out the form online. It's simple. Let's get you baptized. Baptism is a public declaration of an inward reality that Jesus has changed our lives. If you were here a couple weeks ago for when we did youth baptisms, like, come on, that, that was a party because high school students, a lot of them sitting in the front rows here, they recognize that Jesus has changed their life and they invite all of their friends and family and say, hey, come to church with me on Sunday because I'm getting baptized. And it's an opportunity for you to, to show the world what Christ has done on the inside. Another one is tithing. Do you have a heart for this house? Do you have a heart for his mission? And if so, do you give financially to that mission? Life groups, maybe you've been coming to Seoul for a while and you're just like, you're kind of feeling it out and hanging out in the back. You haven't got to know anybody yet. Maybe you've shaken one or two hands at coffee time. But really, are you ready to dive into the community, to get shoulder to shoulder with people and, and to study the word together as iron sharpens iron? And then another one, simple, tangible, next step is our growth track here. Are you ready to learn more about the history of this community and see how you can get involved going forward? Our growth track's running right now, uh, or, or in the 11-11 gathering, it'll be running upstairs in the offices, the 201. Uh, the next set of growth track starts in January. It's all online. Put it in your calendar. Get ready for growth track. These are all super simple, tangible next steps. And I ask you today, what is your next step? 
Absolutely. And that leads into our third core value, which is saved people serve people. Scripture tells us that once we accept Jesus into our lives, he gives us spiritual gifts. And these spiritual gifts on top of our personal interests, abilities, hobbies, likes and dislikes, work together to form who we are and how we participate in the work that God is doing. These gifts are not meant to just be used for ourselves. 1 Peter 4.10 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. God takes who he has made us to be and matches it with the needs of others in our community. When we let God transform our lives and our hearts, we begin to truly and deeply care for other people. Our attention is turned away from looking inwards, and instead our attention is focused outwards towards the needs of others. Galatians 5.13 says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Through the love of Jesus in our lives, he tunes our hearts into what he's doing around us and uses us for the needs of others. A good measure for our spiritual health is, our depth of, is the depth of our concern for others. The gospel of Jesus is shared through the local church worldwide, and the church is a soul sanctuary. Through holding babel, babies, praying with others, giving everyone a high five when they walk through the doors, and opening up our homes, God changes us. Through serving in the local church, it allows us to discover how we are made and how God can use us where we're at. He grows, us, he grows us while he uses us to meet the needs of others. And we learn the best by doing. Every week here at Soul Sanctuary, we have the opportunity to practice shifting our attention from ourselves to the needs of others. We believe that saved people serve people. We are not perfect. And you may find yourself doing a serving in an area of ministry that doesn't fit with the gifting God has given you. And you may need to readjust. But hey, you may also find a group of people or a ministry that you never thought you could love so much. It is important to just jump in and start serving. There's so many incredible ministries here to serve in at Soul, and we desire you to find your serving home. From welcoming and hosting teams to life group leaders to our next generation teams, which include Soul Kids Junior, Soul Kids Young Life, Wildlife, to our creative teams, to our worship teams, to the setup teams, and the list goes on. We have a spot for you on our dream team. And if you have a passion or gifting that you see yourself fitting in in another area that I didn't mention, meet with us, talk with us. We want to talk with you and work through that because God has put something on your heart and we want to make something happen. Through serving, God weaves a beautiful relationship between working in us and working through us to further his kingdom. I want to break down one of our service teams and kind of give you a little bit of an insight into the depth of it. So at Wildlife Youth, so Friday nights, every single Friday is our commitment for our high school leaders. Every single Friday, they show up and they pour into the lives of our high school students. And we have a team of about 15 leaders. They're men and women of all different ages. Um, we have moms who have students in the group. We also have a heck of a lot of young adults. Uh, a lot of people in the Faculty of Education are graduated from the Faculty of Education. Makes sense, right? Uh, working with high school students. And at the beginning of the year, we met. And uh, we pulled two tables into this room. It was empty and uh, just two tables. And we sat around the tables and we brainstormed goals for this year. We said, what can our youth ministry be for this year, for this coming school year? And we wrote down all our goals. 
And, and we documented them, put them in a spreadsheet, and kind of had like, okay, it's one thing to be faithful to what God has called us to, but there's a connection between the faithfulness and the fruitfulness. And so we started tracking our, our data and tracking the numbers. And, and we truly believe, some of you are going to be like, oh, you track your numbers. Oh, you probably do an attendance count here on a Sunday too. Yeah, we do, right? Because every number has a name, and every name has a soul, and that's something that we truly value. So in our first six weeks of wildlife use, we've seen over 50 first-time visitors. We have seen seven, I'm going to cry, whew. We have seen seven students commit their lives to Jesus for the very first time, and we have seen countless others rededicate their lives to him. The fact is, the simple fact is, is that we've had so many students say yes to Jesus that we don't have the manpower to disciple them deeper in the... I'm a mess, man! Take a breather. I'm a mess because, man, this is what I'm passionate about. When I tell my before Jesus, after Jesus story, this is it. Man, jeez. I didn't cry writing that. My point was, we've seen so many students meet Jesus that we don't have the manpower to disciple them into further relationship with him. Think about that. We do whatever we can to get students there, to introduce them to Jesus, but we don't have a system to bring them deeper yet because we don't have the manpower. Here at Soul Sanctuary, there's a truth. And that truth is that an incredibly large number of you, I actually think a disproportionately large number of you in this room, compared to many other churches in North America, actually serve on volunteer teams. There is a very large buy-in at this community, and that's fantastic because we couldn't do any of this without you. I think they often say that 20% of the people bear about 80% of the load, and I think that applies to volunteer service teams too, but I would argue that we have a better ratio than that here. My point is, though, is that there are some of us sitting in this place who have committed to Soul Sanctuary. You know what? I'm coming. This is my home community. But we have not got involved in service yet. And so we threw a link up on the screen. It's soulsanctuary.ca slash start dash serving. And I'm speaking to you right here, right now, at youth with high school students. We're all about super tangible next steps, Right? It's like if you don't tell a student what, uh, how they need to cite their paper, they're going to come knocking on your door as a teacher every single day. Every teacher knows that. Well, how do I cite? How do I cite? So we break down things super tangible. Next step. Your next step right now might be taking out your cell phone. Nobody's going to judge you. And being like, I need to get involved in one way or another. I need to sign up for a volunteer team, or at least I need more information because I need to take a step of obedience to what Jesus has for me and serve. So you go to soulsanctuary.ca slash start. Throw that back up on the screen for a second, please. Yeah, right there, right now. Nobody's judging you if you're on your phone. You can scroll on Instagram too when you're done. But like right here, right now, we live live in a society where we have the ability to do this in, in the moment. So whether, whether you're being called to volunteer in our youth ministry, or maybe you're being called to work on our coffee team, the simple fact is that we are open to having you a part of this community, buying in to this community. So I encourage you to fill out that form today. Absolutely. And that leads into our fourth core value being found people, find people. 
How many of you know that love makes you do crazy things? Preach. I know. Come on now. How many of you have done things in your dating relationships or in your marriage that are only that way because love makes you do crazy things? You know what she's talking about. Maybe it's looked like going to your boyfriend's soccer game across town at 11 p.m. on a Tuesday night just to get a glimpse of him in his jersey. Yeah, I know about that. Or maybe it looks like trying so hard to beat an arm wrestling strength game at the Red River X and bursting a blood vessel in your eye to impress your lady. That was not me, okay? That one was not me. But love makes you do crazy things. Or maybe you parents in the house can relate. I don't have a lot of people in my life that have babies. So whenever I see a parent pick their baby up and stick their stinky butt right in their face to see if they did something in it, I'm like shocked and slightly disgusted. But hey, the fact is, is that parent has loved their child so much that they don't want their child sitting there in their own filth or being uncomfortable because love makes them do crazy things. And love has made me do crazy things. When I was younger in youth group, there was a super annoying boy. He was moody. He grabbed an eraser that said for big mistakes on it and like rubbed it on my arm. He took my brand new LG Rumor flip phone, those were the coolest back in the day, out of my hand, lifted it up, smirked at me and dropped it on the concrete floor. I couldn't believe it. But love made me do crazy things, and I married him. (laughs) That is a perfect example. And when you really love God and understand that he loves you, you'll begin to love your neighbor, serve your neighbor, love all those you interact with. You desire to love your neighbor because you felt the unconditional love of God. And because love makes you do crazy things. The way that we love an invisible God is by loving a visible neighbor. And the church isn't about nice clothes or being perfect. And I'm sorry if that's what you've been told. Church is about loving God and loving others. Sorry. It is impossible to love God and remain unloving towards your neighbors. God's love is not meant to be kept to yourself. Soul Sanctuary is a place where we are so excited about getting together and telling the world about the crazy love that God has for each one of us. And the fact is, is that God cares about us, he pursues us, and he desires a relationship with each and every one of us. God removes our sin. We come together and celebrate that. If the truth of God's love is hitting you, you should be changed. The people around you should notice. Loved people go love people. Served people go serve people. If there is a final test for Christianity, you don't take it. Your neighbor takes it on your behalf. Would you pass or fail that exam? Do your neighbors know that you're here this morning? Do your neighbors feel loved? Do your family members feel loved? Do your friends at work feel loved? Christians out there, who in your life are those neighbors that need to be loved? Love does crazy things. And when you love on your neighbor, that will do crazy things. What are you going to do to show love to your neighbor? Maybe it looks like buying them a Starbucks and just treating them for the heck of it. They ask you why. It's because I love you and God loves you. Maybe it looks like extending extra grace to that person at work that just drives you up the wall. Why? 
because I love you and God loves you and he's extended that grace for me. Maybe it looks like praying for your neighbor. Why? Because I love you and God loves you. We want to encourage you while you do this. We tell our students at Wildlife that we aren't doing ministry for you. We're doing ministry with you. And that rings true here at Soul Sanctuary as well. When you bring a friend, a family member, or a coworker here to Seoul, we're going to accept them and we're going to love them just like they're our family. Here's the catch. We can't invite your neighbor for you. We have Sunday worship experiences, family-based events, and we can love you and we can welcome you, but we can't invite your neighbor for you. You need to own the invitation of your neighbor. I think the importance of, of the fact that found people find people is perfectly exemplified uh, through when we taught this lesson on a Friday night to our high school students. And the next week, we had 20 first-time visitors show up who had never been associated with wildlife today. In fact, half of them are sitting right here uh, this morning. And if they can get it, my heart believes that our community can get it. Our last core value is simple. It's that you can't outgive God. We study the scripture. We learn a lot about God's character, about his nature. And no matter what you grew up thinking about God, the truth revealed to us by scripture is that God is near and that God is knowable and that he loves and des- loves us and desires a relationship with us. We learn that in the scripture. And as you begin to see him, for who he really is and not your preconceived notions of what somebody else told you God is, uh, your whole perspective on this life changes. We know from the scripture that God is a giving God, that God gives his children good gifts. And, and we look no further than the bottom of our H&M bag for the verse John three sixteen, which tells us this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, his one and only son, God gave to us. That whoever believes in him will not perish, but have life and life eternal. It's right there in John three sixteen. He gave because he is a giver. And why? So that you can have a life fulfilled in him. Not fulfilled in in your own desires and material possessions, but no matter what life brings, knowing that you are fulfilled in him. It's Romans 8 verse 32 that reminds us, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? God gives us good gifts And a life following him means that he will continue to give us good gifts that we do not deserve forever. Eternal life. And the core value is that it's impossible to outgive God. When you have right thinking about God and about God's giving towards you, you are going to act rightly in giving to others. It's the same way that found people find people. As a result of receiving the love, and in this case, the grace of Jesus, we turn around and we offer that to others. Here at Soul, we talk about it. Again, super easy to understand step. We give of our time, we give of our talents, and we give of our treasure. Three things to invest back into this community. 
a perfect example of that is our next generation teams here at Seoul. So I'm going to ask you a little more participation. And I don't want anybody to be shy or coy here. But if you volunteer with either Young Life Youth or Wildlife Youth, I'd like you to stand up for a second. Sunday teams for Young Life or Friday. I need our community to take a good look around. There's some in the back too. And give it up for these people who are investing in the next generation. We love you. We honor you. And we believe that you are making a difference in this community. And the fact is that all those who just stood, they understand something. They understand that God has given them so much in the sacrifice of Jesus that they turn around and they give that back to students. Our God is not a God who gives in little bits so that he can get something from us. He is generous, blessing upon blessing, and he gave us Jesus. Ask Kira to come on up. Here's the truth, that Jesus plus nothing equals everything. That Jesus plus nothing equals everything. And that God has given us Jesus so that we could have a life fulfilled in him. You can have the look, you can have the perspective of the high life, that you have everything this life has to offer. You can have the money, the house, the car. You can have the American dream just in Winnipeg, Canada. And some people will spend their whole lives pursuing those things. And while they're not inherently bad things, the fact is, is that when you pursue those things without pursuing Jesus, you're leading yourself down a road that ends in destruction. Jesus tells us that he came so that we could have life. In John 10, 10, he says, I have come so that they may have life. And don't be fooled. I, I, I truly believe that the people who have the most fun in this life are those that are passionately pursuing Jesus. Maybe you, told, or maybe you were told or you were modeled that, that being a Christian means to be boring. To be a Christian means you just do the same thing. You, you put on your Sunday best. You show up to church. It means you gossip when it's prayer request time. That's not what being a Christ follower is. It's not boring. You don't get 30 high school students here at 7 and 7.30 a.m. because it's boring. There's truth in that. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And no one comes to the Father God except through me. And Jesus comes to us all in love. And the only thing that he asks of you is for your sin, for your shame, and for your guilt and the punishment that comes with your sin. That's what he wants from you. He wants to give you life. He wants to give you life eternal. That is the good news that we sing about. That is the good news that we dance about. That's why I believe that God brought you to Soul Sanctuary here this morning. Because he wanted you to know that he brings you life. This morning, we explored the heartbeat of wildlife youth. We expanded on how our core values relate to you here at Soul Sanctuary. Our goal is to be super simple, super tangible, next steps, action. And with that, 
we would be amiss to not provide an opportunity for you to respond to that. And here's why we do responses. We do this at, at youth, and it's nothing weird, it's nothing magical, it's nothing crazy, but we do responses because we are obedient to the scripture. We want to be hearers of the word and doers of the word. You look to James 1 verse 22, it says, don't deceive yourselves. It says, be hearers and doers of the word. Responding to what we've heard this morning is the first step towards actually doing. This is a tangible way which we respond to the gospel. So I'm going to ask you to join me to bow your heads for a second and to close your eyes. Again, no wet willies. We got this. I'm going to ask you to respond to our core values here this morning. To take a close look at your life and to say, yes, that is me. And if you feel like that's you, then I'm going to encourage you to respond, to acknowledge exactly where you are at, to call it out for what it is in your life, and begin moving forward to greater things. So maybe in here you've been trying to do life alone. You don't have a community to surround you. And you've been hurting because of it. Maybe this morning that you, you have realized that you cannot do life alone. Or maybe you've been living without changing. You've been static. You have not been moving forward. Perhaps you know Jesus or you've had an encounter with Jesus, but you can't say you've had a great relationship with him. Maybe this morning you realize for the first time that growing people have to change. Or maybe you've been here at Soul Sanctuary for a long time and all you've done is consume. And maybe this morning you've realized that saved people actually serve people. Or maybe you're at the point where you need to start inviting people to soul. Perhaps you don't tell people what you do on Sunday mornings because you're scared of what they might think of you. Perhaps you realize that you are a found person and it is time to go out and find people. If you fit into any one of those four categories, I'm asking you to take a step out of your comfort zone and to respond by putting up your hand. If that is you, you're not alone. But if you put up your hand, I'm going to ask you to lift your head and just look at me for a second. This is real talk, right here, right now. Jesus Christ saves lives. It's because of his design for us that we have communities that surround us, like Soul Sanctuary. It's because of his grace for us that we are not stuck in a sinful life anymore. It is because of his example for us that we get to serve others. And it's because of his radical love for us that we share that love to those who need it most. It's walking in the truth of Jesus. And in that truth, we realize, and you need to realize, that the best is yet to come. Maybe you still need to respond in here this morning. Maybe you're here and you know that it is time to take that first step and to accept Jesus. To say, yes, I need this in my life. To commit your life to following him. Jesus died on the cross for your sins. 
so that you could have life to the full in him. And my challenge for you this morning is that if you want to accept Jesus, there is no better time than right here, right now. And I'm going to ask you to put your hand up if you need to accept Jesus and hold it up. Our team is in the back and they are wanting to give you a gift if you know you need to accept Jesus this morning. So put your hand up and hold it up until one of our team comes to you. And if that's you this morning, I need you to look right at me. This is real talk. Jesus loves you and desires a relationship with you and he gives us life. And today is the start of your new life with Jesus. And we're going to be here as a community with you every single step of the way. Let's stand together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for life. God, we thank you for life to the full. Lord, that you love and care about each person in this room, that you have a plan for their future, and that you walk with us in that. Lord, I pray for the deepest yearning in hearts this morning. God, the yearnings that only you see. Lord, I pray that you begin to change and transform people through a relationship with your son, Jesus. Father, we are thankful for the opportunity to have a place like this, to have a home like this. God, we are, thank you for, we are thankful for the service of high school students making something like this happen and that teams that dedicate week after week after week. We thank you for life transformation. And we ask that you're with us as we go this week. In your name, amen. And so we end with a blessing. And in times of old, the one giving the blessing would raise their hands and those receiving a blessing would raise their hands as well. And so if you'd like a blessing, would you raise your hands with us this morning? As you go, Soul Sanctuary, may you go with an ever-present reminder that you can't do life alone. May you go knowing that to grow means to change and be challenged in taking your next step. May you remember that God saves us and found us, and in turn, we serve and find others. And may you go rejoicing in the fact that God has given us the best of gifts, his son, Jesus. Be blessed, and we will see you next week.